This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, good morning. You're listening to The Morning Run. I'm Wong Xiaoning together with Philip C. It is 6am Tuesday, the 23rd of August. And guess what? It's just a few more days till we get to the last quarter of the year. Exactly. And I think less than 10 days before it's Merdeka. I know. Aren't you excited? I'm very excited. I hope we look back at our history and uh, then we also then take a huge step forward to look to our future. And hopefully it's a happier more prosperous, united Malaysia. Onwards and upwards, that's Onwards all I can and say. Upwards. But you know, I, one thing that struck me was, did you know that Colombians were celebrating World Lazy Day? There's such a day? There's such a day, apparently. There's were you a the national, poster child? I think I should be the poster child for any acts of laziness. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, why do they choose to celebrate such a day? I think it's so appropriate. We all need a time to just be lazy and step back. Perhaps not everybody. Yeah, okay? yeah, not everybody. Because we know some people are just like disappear, right? I mean, uh, like uh, dot, 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 dot. Like uh, ships. Like ships. Like uh, I know some of the 70 people who are supposedly working for us, we sometimes can't find them. We don't know where they are, <laughs> right? So yeah, maybe it doesn't apply to them. Yeah, yeah. But I think for me, I deserve a World Lazy Day every week. Every day I need a World Lazy Day. I think we all need a bit of a lazy moment, okay? A little bit of a lazy moment so we can kind of stop and think about what we're doing, have that moment of self-reflection. And then after that, wake up and be reinvigorated for the rest of the day. Yes. And right? I think today's show will hopefully reinvigorate you because we we have a very packed schedule today, don't we? We do. First off, strawberries. Now, why are we talking about strawberries? No, we're not referring to you, you millennials. No, no, no. Whoa. No, okay, I'm going to get some hate mail in a minute. You will, definitely. Yeah. Most definitely. But actually, it's more about the fact that apparently you can't grow strawberries in Cameron Highlands anymore. Uh, but is the picture actually more dire than we think? Uh, Amin Kamal, Head of Science and Technology at Emir Research, tells us why. It's very interesting because not only strawberries, but how climate change is affecting overall global food production. And even if we see stories in China about power rationing as a result of climate change. And at 7.30, we shift attentions to 75 years ago last week where India was granted independence, but the country was also, you know, split into two and a few years later into three. We speak to Dr. Pradeep Taneja, Senior Lecturer in Asian Politics at the University of Melbourne about the history and consequence of this partition that is still felt until today. Meanwhile, at 7.45, I asked a question about, you know, the fact that we can spend 9 billion ringgit or more apparently, right, for ships that have yet to be delivered. Where? Where are they? Where are they? Are they coming? Akan datang? Akan datang? <laughs> but just 1.8 billion for all federal roads in Malaysia that you and I use almost every day. Wow. Is that enough? There. Uh, we asked Professor Ahmad Farhan Muhammad Sadullah of uh, the prof- Professor, excuse me, of Transport Engineering at USM. All this and more on the morning run. Keep it here, BFM 89.9. 6.08, it's Tuesday the 23rd of August and of course you're listening to The Morning Run with Philip C and I'm Wong Xiaoning and that was commotion by CCR and we hope we are creating a commotion in your car, in your house as we wake you up. As this, <laughs> uh, yeah, as the day starts, right? Don't you want to start your day with peace, love, no, 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 calmness? I don't want to all the time. Life. No, no, no. Sometimes a little <laughs> bit of chaos and disorder is good. Well, talking about chaos and disorder, there is a group of Apple employees that are pushing back against a return to office order. They're clearly not happy with Tim Cook asking people to come back because in quote, in-person collaboration that is so essential to our culture is the reason why they're asking people to come back for at least a three day a week uh, office uh, return from September 5th. 
Okay. Um, so how are the Apple staff? They are not happy about it, right? Because totally I think they, not happy. I think they are kind of a, there's a bit of a mini revolution going on in Apple. They've created their own kind of group or kind of semi-union called Apple Together. Be- <laughs> it's quite cute though. Okay. Yeah, it's quite cute actually. It's to counter the... We should have the- a BFM together. Oh, mm. pl- don't suggest all these <laughs> things in front. You of all people, corporate, you know, driven, talking about business and advocating for employee rights. Hmm, very interesting. I'm not the boss. <laughs> you could be the conspirator of BFM together, <laughs> BFMT. Yeah, I, I'm not the boss. That's all I can say. But why? I mean, maybe because when they look at some of their tech peers, right, uh, they are not being forced to go back to the office or at least like five days a week kind of yeah. scenario. So I, from what this article, which is in the Financial Times, Silicon, it says that Silicon Valley companies, which are like Facebook and Google, have allowed engineers to stay at home and COVID-19 forced people to work remotely. And I think some of them probably still allow some version of work from home. So there's a big distinction, right? You see mm. Airbnb saying you can work anywhere Spotify, you want. Spotify, Spotify, And then you have the other end of the spectrum, which is Elon Musk from Tesla saying remote work is no longer acceptable except for particularly exceptional contributors. Himself, is it? <laughs> exactly. Because God knows where he is. So for me, this planet is... Planet Earth, Planet Earth calling pl- Elon. Uh, check I'm, in, please. Check in, please. I know. But for me, I'm worried about that statement because I don't think the basis of working from home should be based on your performance. It should be about the nature of your work. I mean, do you want to give that as a kind of a carrot? Wait, wait, wait. So you're saying, let's rewind this a bit. Are you saying that you can be allowed to work from home provided the nature of your work allows it? That's right. Shouldn't performance be also something that is considered? Because if let's say you are a non-performer, but yet you can still work at home, should you be given that privilege? So for me, you know, what's the point of a performance for the organisation, right? Mm. It also is to kind of spread that good performance habits across the board. I don't think you want that person isolated at home. But I think what you do want is that the high performer should be given some flexibility to choose ah. what works for them but you shouldn't use that as a mandate to say oh uh, okay because of that you can work from home you know so for me that's for me very critical but I think more importantly it's about the nature of your work that should drive higher prioritization versus whether you're a performing employee or not. Of course, as a higher performing employee, you are given more trust. Yes, you're able yes. to do more things because they trust in your ability to execute the work. Yeah, I think... That's a distinction. For me, if you are a chi- an achiever and I give you deliverables, right, and you deliver it on time and in the manner that I, that I think is acceptable, in fact, if it's exceptional then I'm probably, like what you say, a little bit more amenable to where you do it. I don't really care so much. So much. But you cannot abuse it to the extent that you're in in office all the time. Yeah, so you do need to turn up when there are meetings. You need to be available for physical meetings. Not just like every time you feel like it, you just do Zoom. No, Mm. no, no. You do need to have some interaction in the office. And when I say, can you attend meeting A, B, C, and those are physical meetings, you need to drag your toot to those meetings, even though you don't like them. Thousand percent agree. But I think for those which are non-performers, then unfortunately, this benefit is going to be probably taken away because you didn't earn it. You didn't deserve it. And I don't know where you are. So it depends, right? And this is the question here. 
uh, whether people want to, whether people find coming to work a benefit or a disbenefit. In this case, say with Apple, mm. they're saying it's a bit of a chore to come into work. But I know in Malaysia, many people actually prefer to come to office because of the nature of where they work at home, you know, these smaller cram apartments. Yeah, so yeah. not everybody has the luxury to say, I would like to work from home. So I, I guess then you have that conversation with that individual uh, uh, colleague, right? And ask him what his preference, what her preference is. What her preference is. And then use that as a character and stick approach in terms of how to reward or punish them, But then right? that's, that's a problem. Then you have these concerns about consistency. For sure. About how For you sure. kind of, why this person allowed while as that person was not allowed. So I feel that's very hard. That's why for me... It probably only works in smaller organisations where bosses are very close to maybe smaller teams. That's right. And the work is very uh, personal, not so much regimented or like a formula-based. That's why as you get into larger organisations, then they start thinking about policy, right? Yes, to ensure there's consistency. no choice. Sometimes. So I do empathise with Tim Cook when he says, look, let's do three days a week, makes a lot of sense and allow some flexibility. But what I think this Apple Together group are saying is, look, can you allow that decentralization of power mm. and get the manager to work out yeah. the best solution? I think the best thing is actually probably have very responsible team leads that have a, have a year on the ground in terms of what people want and empower that team lead to actually carry out what is perhaps the best working policy for that group at the moment without any uh, negative impact in terms of the actual output. Uh, but let us know what you think. You can all call WhatsApp in 018-789-8899 or you can tweet, tweet in. Our handle is at BFM Radio. We'll be back after some messages. Keep it here, BFM 89.9. And that was New Beat by Toro Emoa. Very cool, chillax song to wake you up at 6.20 Tuesday the 23rd of August and of course you're listening to The Morning Run. Now, guess who chose this article? Me. <laughs> and the title of it is The Quiet Threat of Covert Narcissists in the Workplace. It's from the BBC. I'm not talking about myself obviously. Are you sure? No. Well, if you're not dot. talking about yourself, that's why you are one, isn't it? Because the covert narcissist doesn't tell people that they're <laughs> good narcissists. Good one, good one, Philip. So you are a covert narcissist. <laughs> okay, what is a covert narcissist in the first place, right? It's someone that pretends that they're nice and warm and friendly, but they're not. I don't think so. You can see me coming a mile away if I'm not happy. <laughs> that's, that's very true. And you know, if I was going to stab you, I wouldn't even bother doing it in your back. You can literally see me coming at you and aiming for your eyeball because I wouldn't bother doing it in my back. Please, okay. I, let, let me have my fun. I fully agree with you. You are definitely not covert. You no, are probably no, an no. upfront narcissist I'm by all... <laughs> so I think in summary, right, what is a covert narcissist? Three words for me. Schemers, manipulators, backstabbers. Okay, I am... Maybe one and two, but definitely not a backstabber because like I say, right, I, I much prefer to do it right in front of you. That's right. I think you are quite in your face really to like, hey, I have an issue with you. Now shut the dude up, whatever stuff, <laughs> yeah. right? So I think you are definitely not covert for sure. But I think there are so many... And also many I'm not much of a manipulator because I can't be bothered. Exactly. It's too tiring. If you're tiring, yeah. It's tiring, it's tiring. You know, I, I'll, I don't have this like... Some people have this like, oh, I'll do this so I can get scheme this. Look, life's too short. I, I just don't have the time for all this. I think especially for both of us, we probably are not these type of people in this organisation because we don't really think of ourselves in uh, having an advanced career right no, beyond no, here. I think no. we're quite happy where we are here in the studio. LB, we would like to be a bit, we would like to have a couple more hours sleep, but that I think is the major, <laughs> major kind of way we would like to manipulate the process to get there. No, yeah, yeah. But, but nothing more than that. Nothing no, more no. sinister like trying to conquer and take over Malik Ali's job. So no, I think, no. Uh, Malik Ali, rest assured, your job is safe. Hundred. 
110%. Like, we'll give it to you for the rest of yeah, your yeah, retirement. Yeah. No I don't think that's the problem. No interest whatsoever to run the station. But I think the problem here is that many people in our you know, working and heading to work are very annoyed because there are these people who are quietly doing the work, but you know they're scheming behind, yes. trying to get their way up and trying to find ways to put, bring you down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would say I've experienced this multiple times in my previous career. Yeah. There are some organisations which breed which really breed, breed this wow. breed, breed this kind of culture because the bosses are like that. So it's it's a top-down kind of approach, right? Where it's actually encouraged in a way because your number one boss, your immediate boss behaves like that. And his or her immediate boss also behaves like that. So everyone thinks that this is the only way that the company can move forward. And that's really actually a scary place to This work. is the most toxic. I, I think that's why sometimes we always like make jokes. Oh, you know, those uh, those Westerners, those Americans, so brash in your face. No, I, no, no. I, think I kind of like that. Yeah, I, I much, much prefer that. You're not happy with me? You tell me now. Tell me now. Yeah. And then we get it over and done with. And then the f- minute the conversation is over, it's over and I get on with my life. Yeah. Because yeah. really, I don't want to spend a nanosecond more on something that has that can be resolved. Yeah, and I, it's not personal. But I find in Asia, because there's always a bit of this face thing. The cloak and dagger, yeah, the wayang. Oh my goodness, And then right? the surat layan. Isn't that a very Malaysian thing? It's a super Malaysian thing. And it's so tired. So surat layan is actually a covert narcissism, but the Malaysian version. Absolutely. And then they always say this thing about, oh, I want to, I actually want to push for something, but then it's unpopular. But then you say, oh, it's why you from the top. Right, they blame the top, right, for making this. Although you are trying to secretly manipulate to get it happen. I think many of us have so many, many stories of people trying to go behind the scenes, backstab you, manipulate scheme and find ways to get themselves up in the books of their bosses and such. I sometimes think I'm also kind of a covert man- narcissistic sometimes. Are you? I think I used okay, to be. Okay, let me check whether there's anything on my back. Not yet. You wouldn't know. <laughs> oh, wow. Because you you're wouldn't so pro, know Exactly. It? You wouldn't know until like the day before you leave the organisation. I'm like, oh, Oh my god, I didn't know he was like that. Oh my, now I'm very scared. Is this I'm a pro covert narcissist. Oh no. But the fact that I'm saying it out one means I'm not. <laughs> a bit of a loser, covert narcissist. I'm a loser, covert narcissist then. Okay, but tell us about your life in the office. Tell us whether you've experienced this kind of toxic corporate culture. Tell us yeah. how you deal with it. Did you have to resign? Did you sh- did you eventually tell the person off? Um let us know what you think. You can WhatsApp in 018-789-8899. Of course, we would like to hear from you also on Twitter. Our handle is at BFM Radio. Up next is the 6.30am News Bulletin. And to take us there is Modern Love by David Bowie. Keep it here, BFM 89.9. And that was Are You In by Incubus. Maybe it's a question uh, Sungai Bulo might ask someone later. <laughs> Later this week or later next week, who knows? Anyway, 6.40, um, Tuesday, the wow. 23rd of August. And at this time of the morning, of course, we are looking at all the international headlines, right? Yes. So, well, I'll start, I think, after that repartee. Um, BBC and The Star actually reporting quite uh, similar themes, but with different kind of headlines. The, in BBC, the Bund, Shanghai's iconic sites will go dark as drought hits power supply, right? I think what they're saying is that the Bund will not be lit for two nights to save power. Now, the waterfront area, known for its mix of historical and futuristic buildings, is also a very popular, popular tourist destination. In addition, you see many factories across China being asked to ration power and also shut down uh, as a result of the drought that's taking place with record-breaking heat waves. So you see actually dams, reservoirs all around China 
also receding so much as a result they cannot generate enough hydropower. So this is the consequence of climate change, isn't it? Really being felt on the economy. So it if is. we choose to ignore it, um, this is this is the this what this is what happens. This is a consequence. I mean, you see not only this happening in, in China and in Indonesia. Just one story mm. below the China story, uh, the Indonesian government is looking into sorghum as a wheat substitute. Okay, yeah? so this Be- is all in the star, right? Yes. I wonder whether we're going to find out anything new out of COP27 that's happening in Egypt in November. What are the new pledges countries will make? We just I mean, finished COP26 yeah, about 10 months ago. Whether, did we achieve anything? Yeah. So I'm, Maybe a s- bit of awareness, but beyond it? Correct. I think this is where things like GFANS, that financial mm-hmm. backing, right? How much, how much funding has been put into renewable energies and all these climate financing solutions is a big question. The question also is, as you see, right, we see this war has happened since then. It's resulted in a shift back to gas and oil supplies. Yeah, yeah. everyone is concerned about energy security, right? In and, the short term. And gas prices in Europe hit record highs yesterday. I think a lot of countries worried about what's going to happen as winter approaches because summer is it tail end to it already and Russia closed down if I'm not wrong gas supplies for three days causing this big bump in terms of gas prices right for purported maintenance yeah purported uh, talking about someone who's quitting is Anthony Fauci so the New York Times has revealed that Anthony Fauci who has advised seven presidents and uh, has spent more than a half a century at the National Institute of Health will leave government service by the end of the year I think to be fair to him I think the better word is retire rather than quit yeah. Um, He's been, I think, been around for a very long time. Kudos to him, I think, you know, in navigating, you know, the US and also perhaps the world, right? Yes. Because many take cue from him throughout that really difficult time. So I think a much needed rest. Very much so. So he says, and I quote him, so long as I'm healthy, which I am, and I'm energetic, which I am, because this man runs five kilometers every day, my role model, and I'm passionate, which I am, I want to do something outside the realm of the federal government. So he looks like he still wants to be active. We we wish him a very good retirement, and I love the fact that despite anything, he was a very, he was a man based on science. Yes, well, one man I think who I think was uh, retired much earlier than his expected was Imran Khan, and now Pakistan's police have charged the country's former prime minister under anti-terror laws. Now their investigation comes after he accused the police and judiciary of detaining and torturing a close aide. Wow. Anyway, somewhat related to this story because we're going to talk about the partition of India. Uh, it's at 7.30 where we speak to Dr. Pradeep Taneja, Senior Lecturer in Asian Politics at the University of Melbourne. And maybe we can ask about why does Pakistan continue to have leaders like this, which are either, it seems to have always some form of political turmoil, right, in that country. You've had leaders either assassinated, very few leaders even complete their terms, then there's always been some form of military involvement. Yes, it's true. I think you know, from Muhammad Ali Jinnah onwards, you mm. know, we have the Bhutto family, Benazir Bhutto also assassinated. Yes. Going forward, so much turmoil there, not only on the East Pakistan, East West Pakistan side, on the East Pakistan side Even in Bangladesh, Bangladesh as, also. as well, right? A lot of turmoil there politically. Now, uh, Bloomberg is reporting uh, that Musk, Elon Musk, our favourite uh, CEO of Tesla, is subpoenaing uh, Jack Dorsey, co-founder of Twitter and his longtime friend in his defence against the social wow. media company's lawsuit to make him complete the proposed $44 billion buyout. Remember, Dorsey actually stepped down as Twitter's chief executive officer last year, but was actually a proponent of That's Elon right. Musk taking over the company. I thought that Dorsey was a big fan of Elon Musk and actually was supporting the deal. What happened there? Why was there a sudden U-turn? Forty-four billion is your U-turn, Philipsy. <laughs> Forty-four billion makes people change their mind very 
very, very quickly. Fake bots. Fake bots. <laughs> but we'll be back after these messages. Keep it here, BFM 89.9. And that was Fool's Goal by Stone Roses, 650 Tuesday, the 23rd of August. And of course, you're listening to The Morning Run. Now, Philip C, flick, flick, flick. Flick, 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 flick the papers. What caught, what has caught your eye? Look, I think two big themes are, are dominating all the newspapers today. The continued investigations over LCS, the forensic report that came out last night from Bowsted. I think that's really generated a lot of feedback. In, in addition to Rafizi Ramli's allegations over Latif uh, for Minister of the Defense, Minister of the Prime Minister's Department, Dr. Abdul Latif Ahmad, I think that's also been dominating headlines. That's one function. The second one, I think overnight also was the overnight trips to Putrajaya by many AMNO members, right, as they do a last-minute powwow in view of Datuk Sri Najib Razak's uh, potential charge in the federal court. Yeah, but so do we know whether they managed to meet uh, Ismail Sabri? Not to my knowledge. I mean, if you look in the star front page, you see these nice alphards, I think, queuing outside uh, Putrajaya, Sri Perdana. Mm. But whether any meeting transpired is a big question mark. Yeah, I can't really confirm whether there was such a meeting. I mean, the last I see on Malaysia Insight is Zahid and Najib head to CPM in Pushajaya. But whether that has happened, do we know for sure? It doesn't seem to be the case, right? Or at least I, I don't seem to see that in the portals or the websites. Well, when we saw, we saw, we saw Prime Minister actually quite busy with media and journalists last night. So I'm mm. not sure whether he did This actually, is one year into his term. One year into his term, right? And I think he probably was more interested in bringing out the message. And if you saw actually Ismail Sabri's Instagram post, he had actually you a specific... follow him? Wow. I do follow him because he's our Prime Minister. And he, and he was very open about being transparent with the LCS scandal saying, look, it's very important that the government be transparent because we don't want the opposition to take chance, take opportunities to distort the views of everybody, right? So, Well, if you wanted to be really, really cynical about that, you could say it because uh, he's not involved. His name isn't really mentioned, right? In this LCS absolutely, scandal. that's a, that's a distinction between cynical and skepticism, isn't it? Yes, skepticism yes. is that you're guided by data. Cynicism is the same thing as naivete, isn't it? <laughs> Very ouch, 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 ouch. Okay, so um, what else has caught our eye? I think is uh, this continued saga, which of course we will, you know, we will update you as we go along. Uh, but I want to be a little bit frivolous this morning because it's, it's Tuesday, right? We should kind of come up with the latest interesting stories. Did you know that dogs could cry? And dogs actually produce tears when reunited with owners. And this is a Guardian article. Apparently, a study done in Japan shows that. So when dogs cry, it's because they're happy to see you after they've missed you. Mine gets super excited. Like, he can, he cannot, she cannot control herself. She doesn't know what to do. Is that why you have dogs? Because when, at least you, you know someone's excited to exactly. see you. Exactly. <laughs> so when I drive into my, my porch, right, mm. my dog suddenly stares at the car. She, like, suddenly, like, tries to and, arch her back. But she doesn't know what to do. She's, like, stunted for a while. And then when I come out from the car, she makes three, four circular motions before hitting, hitting over At least to me. you know you have one fan, right, in I this do have world. one fan. Minimum one. <laughs> Minimum one to dog. Um, what else has caught your eye, Philip? Uh, Anti-bullying portal locks 19 cases. I think, as you know, the Ministry of Health has tried to launch this online portal to facilitate the reporting of such bullying cases. I think it just came out a couple of days ago, 19 complaints so far. I hope all of you parents are alert and also make sure that if your child gets bullied, do be alert and attentive yeah. and get them reported as well. Okay, because we should take this very seriously. Yes, we should. I want to circle back in that meeting, right, that we talked about, the AMNO meeting. And this is uh, news from news, Singapore Straits Times. Maybe they are the ones in the know. Uh, and they say that they held talks late into the night on Monday. It was a hastily convened meeting at press time. 
So even they don't really know what the discussions were centred on. But what was noticeable was Isma Sabri wasn't there. And it was uh, was absent from the meeting called by party president for 11am on Monday, uh, perhaps suggesting a rift as did conflicting accounts of what division leaders actually decided. Because I think it was, there's noise that some of the division leaders, leaders were asking for Isma Sabri to actually broker some sort of a deal with uh, Najib's case. I see. Well, this is the also but of course this is all alleged. Alleged, right? I think yes. it's also alleged about how united Amno is because when that powwow meeting that took place, right, eleventh hour, eleven a.m., there were questions about how many actually turned out from the hundred ninety-one divisions of Amno. So there were some saying it was about seventy plus, some say one fifty-six. So really, there's a big debate about how big was that support level, right, in attending those meetings. Yeah, we really have no clue. I think this is a developing story that we will, of course, bring to you as we know more. Uh, the case is ongoing. It starts again today, Federal Court Appeal. So I'm sure the reporters will all be there wondering whether any judgment will be made later on today. Now, other news is expected to come out of uh, actually, let me scroll up, let me scroll up. It's a lot to do with actually LCS, right? And, That's right. Uh, okay, but related to transportation is the fact that our Prime Minister hopes to revive the terminated high-speed project between Singapore at an earlier stage. It's a very interesting point you made about this because he also said it's important because they were evaluating also doing high-speed rail from Malaysia to Bangkok, KL mm. to Bangkok. I'm not sure whether this is the right time to do such high infrastructure projects. I'm sure there's an economic multiplier, but haven't we had multiple discussions and iterations over high-speed rail in the past decade? Yes, and we've also had to pay penalties. We've looked at the economic viability of it, and so far, no one can really make the sums work. So there's, you know, and the, the fact is, our fiscal headroom is very, very minimal. So it's projects that we really need to be very careful about. We should really do the analysis before we embark on it, because also whether this is really the way we want to use to keep our economy chugging along. It's these projects really have the best multiplier effect. I think questions that we don't have answers for. But up next, we've got the 7am news bulletin. And to take us out is You Can't Hurry Love by The Supremes. Keep it here, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.